Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Welcome to episode 65 of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and the Hockey Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week, I chat with Boston University goalie coach, author of How to Be a Goalie Parent and Hockey Goaltending, founder of Stop It Goaltending, and if that wasn't enough, director of goaltending development for Sense Arena, Brian Decord. There are so many good nuggets of information in this episode, so without further ado, Let's get to the conversation with Brian. What's up? Eddie, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I appreciate you taking time out of your uh, real estate empire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm just driving in between appointments here. How are you doing? Not bad, the weather there looks amazing. Is it uh, 20 below zero here in Minnesota today? Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> I bet you don't miss that. Uh, no, I don't. I <laughs> no. mean, that was the biggest reason why I moved down here, right? I just love the weather and just love the atmosphere. Yeah, when you were a kid growing up in Sweden, did you ever think you would retire to the desert? <laughs> you would ask me like four or five year, years ago, I probably would have said, said like, I don't believe you either. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, thanks for joining the podcast. You know, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any others, but it's it's really a chance to, you know, talk a little hockey and goaltending with goalies, but also life away from the rink. But I always like to ask all goalies, um, you know, how did you get started in the game of hockey, especially over in Sweden? I, I know it's not necessarily the uh, same way a kid in the States or even Canada might, uh, as you guys have different youth association rules and regulations yeah so i started playing hockey when uh, sweden won the olympics in 94 and i watched uh, tommy salo made like a slot sliding save in in the shootout and, yep. and then uh, peter forsberg scored this amazing goal that that uh, we actually put on a postal stamp in Sweden. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I was uh, six years old at the time, and I just said, "Dad, I, I want to play." And 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 uh, the hockey didn't start uh, normally 
for kids until we were like seven or eight. So mm-hmm. I was just re- early, right? So uh, my dad bagged, and then he threw 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 me in with uh, with everyone that was one and two years older than me, right? <laughs> uh, and they've been been through the skating school and everything like that. And I just mm-hmm. what what was like fresh start 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 starting out right so uh i i uh, uh, quickly noticed that i was not really as good of a skater as everyone else and, uh-huh. and, and uh, when uh, we started with goalies a year or so later uh, i just thought that that was my way of uh, fitting in right and i really liked it so yeah well, I know in USA Hockey, you know, in their goalie initiative right now, they say catch a puck, catch the bug. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened to you. You, you know, you, you got to try it out and the, re- the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we uh, – the town that I grew up in, we weren't a very good team or anything, but we had had, had fun and we, we lost a lot of games and I got a lot of shots against me and, and – and, uh, uh, I played there until I was 13, and then I I moved uh, to to uh, Stockholm to uh, play with 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 the better guys. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned playing on a team that wasn't very good, but you got a lot of shots. And I think for goalies, that's almost better than being on that top team at a young age. You know, see the shots and just try and figure it out. But you know, more importantly, like you said, you had fun, and that's half the battle to keep kids in there in those early years yeah exactly yeah i agree and 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 yeah i mean i wouldn't really have it any other way i mean it worked for me right yeah (laughs) you know i i know here in the states kids growing up you know we know of the nhl as soon as we start skating but over in europe you know for a lot of young kids the goal is to play internationally to, to wear the uh country sweater at what age did you you know kind of start thinking, you know, the NHL is really, really the end game, you know, for your, your dreams of playing at the highest level versus just representing your country. I don't really think that I thought about it that much uh, before I signed my first contract, really. Like I'm, I'm kind of just one of these people that, that just look what's in front front of me and I don't really like try to think too far ahead I'm just like fo- focused on on my everyday practice and my everyday life and everything yeah. right so uh, when I signed my first contract it was kind of out of the blue too because that was my first year in the Swedish elite league and and I was the backup to uh, Jacob Mark, Marks from then, so I didn't really play that much, and 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 uh, thought for for sure that I was going to need at least one or two more years uh, after Mark Marky left to 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 get some uh, NHL attention and everything. But uh, Vancouver just saw uh, something in me, and 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 yeah, it was the for, for, fortunate enough to to sign that first contract and, and that's almost a perfect transition to my next note is you know you end up in North America like a lot of 
athletes, or hockey players, you start out in the AHL, you know, first in Manitoba, then in Chicago, um, you know, moving up to that pro pro level is hard for most players, just catching up to the speed. But not only did you have to deal with that, but you had to deal with living in a whole new culture. You, you move across the pond. Um, I know in Europe, you know, they, they teach English in the schools, but, you know, even language wise, you know, what kind of transition was that to, you know, adapt to living in North America and speaking English every day and not just in school? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a challenge, you know, and, and, and uh, I I thought I went about it the right way because uh, a lot of Swedes and European, when they come over, they, they just like um, attract kind of the same players, right? So you're mostly friends with the other Europeans or like the other Swedes and everything. And I just said, like, I want to learn, learn English as fast as I can. And I want to learn uh, the way of living here. Right. So I just moved, moved in with, with the, with two uh, Canadian guys instead. And, and uh, that helped me a ton. I think just, just, just like speaking English at, at the rink and speaking English at home. I'm, when I first came over, I just thought that everyone spoke so so damn fast, and like I really couldn't keep keep up, you know. So uh, it was good that I moved in with them, I think, because like that forced me to speak English all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, and probably didn't help that that first year you were in Manitoba. It's not like there's a lot of culture going on there, <laughs> you know. You're kind of uh, in the middle of nowhere. Um, so that, that pro- probably did help a little bit in terms of, you know, learning the language, but in terms of learning the culture, that probably didn't uh, really start until you got into Chicago is my guess. No, exactly. And, and, and yeah, she, Chicago was great because I met, met uh, my wife there and she, she's American too. So, so, so it kind of took it like to, to, to another level. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh yeah i mean by then i kind of feel that i was half half swedish half <laughs> canadian american right so, yeah. so so yeah i i i didn't really feel that i had any issues with, with like the language or anything and i felt at home and i felt uh, uh comfortable in in all situations like that so yeah she uh, Chicago was, was like more when I when I finally finally start started to feel a little bit like yeah, home here. Now you met your wife. Is she originally from Chicago or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I have to ask what part of Chicago because that's where I grew up as well. Oh, cool. So so she is from uh, Hinsdale. So okay, the west uh, suburbs, right? So yep. yeah, I have uh, friends that still live in Hinsdale. I grew up uh, on the city south side where they have the big St. Patrick's Day parade. So oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> played my high school hockey down there. Yeah. I got to skate at the Allstate Arena before a Wolves game in high school. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think the Wolves, when you look at AHL teams, that's such an awesome market and fan base because for so long they were an independent team and they just kind of 
have this really dedicated uh, group of fans that uh, oh, doesn't matter exactly. what's going on, they're coming out. Yeah, exactly. And I was just very fortunate to 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 uh, be able to uh, play on first the Manitoba Moose, which was kind of almost run as an NHL team already yep. then, right? And then the the Chicago Wolves is is probably the highest up that you can come in AHL, right? So so uh, all of my other friends were were talking about they were busing everywhere and it was like these road trips from hell and everything like that, right? And I was just like, well, it's pretty nice here. I'm flying everywhere. And, and yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as everyone keep, keep, keeps uh, telling me, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, you spent uh, two years in Chicago and I mean, if, if you're going to spend time in a minor league city, Chicago's not a bad one just for the food alone, right? No, exactly. And yeah, there's there's uh, definitely amazing spots, amazing restaurants, and, and uh, just so much to be out and see on days off. So you get to Vancouver, and you've got, uh, I think, one of the guys that during his career was so under the radar funny that we didn't know about it until the end, Roberto Luongo. Uh, how special was it to have a guy like that in the locker room that is just kind of that low-key funny to keep things uh, loose? It was great. I mean, Lou, Lou is one of the best people that I ever met. And uh, I remember just like uh, – when I first signed with with Vancouver and everything, and like the the goal eventually was to become loose back backup, right? And 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 to to uh, be able to be there and grow close close to him. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, you know, the, there's goalies over time where you look at them and you hear the horror stories of their relationship with their goalie partner, um, but when people talk about Roberto Luongo, it, it's kind of the opposite. He seems to have really embraced the younger goaltenders and understood, you know, yeah, his role was the starting goaltender, but it was also to help bring you along. And even if you weren't going to replace him in the net, still teach you the pro game, teach you how to act as a pro so that if you do go elsewhere, you're set. Um, you know, how, how integral was he in your development early on in the NHL? No, he was great. And it was just like one of these guys that you really been looking up to for such a long time. And then to to, to uh, uh, be able to play with him was just amazing. And like the way that he handled himself with like the whole Heritage Classic game. And, 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 and I know that he want, wanted to play. He wanted to uh, be in there. I mean all of us wanted him to be in there, right? But, but, yeah. but uh, for him in that moment to like still be there and still be the uh, support of me, me, I mean, that, that, that just shows, shows uh, the world of him. Yeah. And, you know, as a Blackhawks fan, I, I didn't appreciate him as much as I should have for a few years. <laughs> uh, but I, I came back around and I, I look back uh, 
on those years that I, I didn't necessarily appreciate him the way I should have and uh, can look at at his play and go, man, was he good. Um, you know, it, it was fun to watch him. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, but you, you wind up leaving Vancouver and you wind up in Carolina, which there's another hockey market that has a niche of fans. And pe- I don't think people realize how good of a hockey market it really is unless the team's doing well, then they take notice of it. Um, but it was while you were in Carolina that you happened to make a commercial <laughs> for a little taco joint that um, now, now you're forever connected with tacos. Uh, <laughs> how did that come about? Uh, so I think I did like uh, an interview in Vancouver and they just asked me what my fit fit favorite food was and I said tacos and they're like well this is kind of weird like a uh, sweet here and he invites Mexican food the most right so uh, I I I just kind of like from then it took a life of its own and 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 like uh, I remember when I played in Vancouver still there was a a a, a place called Gringos uh, and I had my own taco and everything there. And uh, the price for that taco was whatever my goal, goals against the average was at that time. So, so uh, that 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 just kind of grew. And I took that to 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 uh, Carolina. I just wanted to do something fun off the ice there as well. Yeah. So your love of tacos, did this start when you moved to North America or, you know, I grew up with Mexican food because it's America, but how prevalent, you know, was Mexican food in Sweden growing up or was that just something you moved here and you're like, Ooh, these are pretty good. No, like you, me and my dad, we always had, had uh, tacos on every Friday at home and we, we made them at home and we just like, that was kind of our, our tradition. I mean, it's not really Mexican tacos. It's more like sweet Mexican tacos, I would say. But, but uh, yeah, when I get over here and I got, got, got to try real Mexican food and everything, I mean, I was just like, uh, blown away but that was something that kind of started early for me I guess it's funny you say real Mexican because I was in college working a summer job once and uh, I was on a job site with a uh, Mexican fella and I had Taco Bell for lunch and he starts picking on me he's going you want real Mexican food you come to my house I'll cook you real Mexican food I'll make you real tacos and I was like I I know these are cheap tacos it's just it was cheap and it fills me up. I was like, no, no, no. I, but yeah, I mean, you go to an authentic Mexican place and the food's just amazing. I can't get enough of it. Um, you know, because of it, do, do you, when you go different places, do you almost search out the, uh, the taco joints now out of uh, obligation or are you just kind of like enough of the taco talk already? <laughs> no, no. Like I, I always enjoy a good Mexican spot. Uh, I don't say that I see, see, seek it out because we have so good mm-hmm. Mexican food here in Arizona already. And, and, and so uh, 
I don't really need Mexican food unless I, I like go out here or we go to Mexico, right? Which is still the, my all time favorite Mexican food. So yeah, it's, 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 uh, it all kind of depends what I'm in the mood, mood, mood for as well. If I'm in the mood for, for, uh, a little mar, mar, margarita, a Mexican. <laughs> yeah. The, the margaritas can definitely change the mood of the day. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> So switching back to hockey, one thing I think when, you know, real goalie geeks think of Eddie Lack, they think of your style. And this is style that started back in Chicago when you had those sweet wolves pads with the wolf logo right on the pads. And from there, I mean, you always had some killer pads. Were you always a gear nerd or was it just when you got the opportunity, you're like, let's do something fun. You know what? I wasn't really a gear nerd when it came to like like altering my equipment one way or another or that felt better than like that, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, when I started with Brian's uh, pad, I just thought that that was such a cool fe- fe- feature, right? And uh, that was something like fun that I could show off and like some, some, something that I could show my personality, you know? So, so yep. yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely we are on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, over your career, you had some awesome looking sets. Which one would be your personal favorite looking set? I really like those wolf pads. Uh, I mean, it's so tough to just like pick one, but yep. the, the, the wolf pads, the Heritage Classic, and uh, probably the, the, the kid, Kate kickback and throw throw throwback that i had with the flames those 
those were really cool as well. Yep. You know, and you talk about the Wolves, I think that maroon jersey of theirs is one of the uh, most underrated jerseys in all of hockey. You know, it, it's right up there with the Blackhawks red sweater. I think it's just yeah. so clean and sharp. And then those green eye, like that neon green eye that those jerseys have, they're just awesome. For sure. Like, like that was probably my favorite jersey that I play with, I would say. Yeah. I uh, I have a few in my closet, having grown up in the city. In fact, when I went to college uh, to play hockey, my mom and dad were kind of missing going to hockey as often as they did with me. So they, they got season <laughs> tickets to go go watch the Wolves because they were cheaper than Blackhawks tickets. And yeah. uh, they, they had them for a number of years, and they loved it. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's a great atmosphere there. And, uh, the fireworks before the game. And, yes. And like, they always have a good – good team on the ice too so yeah yeah that that building gets really warm during warm-ups or uh the pregame yeah. festivities oh, yeah. and with, with it being right next to the airport every once in a while you'd hear the big jumbo jets coming overhead during a game yep and you're like is that thing gonna land or is it gonna wind up in the building we don't know <laughs> <laughs> um so post career you've started in real estate is this something that was just kind of like organic happened or have you always been interested in real estate and house flipping and all of that yeah I've always been interested and I've always done like my own investments while I was playing and and uh, I I think that's something that I learned from my family back home in Sweden because we do a ton of uh, real estate and we have hotels and everything back back home too so uh, that's that that definitely something that I knew that I was going to do after mm-hmm. I wasn't sure where I was going to do it if I was going to move back to Sweden or if I was going to uh, do do uh, uh, do uh, uh, Chicago or like Arizona right but but yeah we we just really love living here in Arizona and like the way that I'm feeling now, I don't really think, think that we're ever going to move for, from, from here. So yeah, we love it. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a great um, part of the country. We've been to Tucson a few times. Uh, old boss of mine has a real nice place up in uh, or down in Tucson, right on a golf course in the mountains. And if he wasn't there, he'd let, you know, the employees go there for a week with their family. So we went down there a couple times and we loved it. And uh, we're actually planning a trip to Phoenix for spring training to take in some baseball this year. So we're, we're getting back down there again to escape the cold of Minnesota. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're just now trying to figure out where exactly do we want to stay in Phoenix to maximize our fun? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. And like the spring training is awesome because you have, you have the, uh, uh, arenas like everywhere across yep. the valley, right? So uh, we actually have had an Airbnb right now, right next to Scottsdale Stadium, where where uh, the Giants are, are okay playing. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I we're going down to see the Cubs play because that was the team I grew up cheering for, and yeah. So that that was kind of the uh, the idea. We'll go go see Cubs spring training. 
always been on my bucket list. So we're, we're looking to uh, mark that one off the list. And like you said, the Airbnb, we're, we're just trying to find one that uh, marks off all of our wants and needs for a few day, days of uh, relaxing by the pool. Um, you know, you mentioned the family's been in real estate and hotels, uh, you know, so it makes sense that you got into real estate and now, you know, th- this uh, explosion of the Airbnb and Verbo rentals, you know, where it was just kind of like a, a natural marriage. But what about the house flipping? Uh, that Was that part of uh, your youth and the family growing up? Or is that like, hey, let's just take it to another level? Not really. It's more like an opportunity that I saw here, I guess, with, mm-hmm. with the... Uh, we found great contractors and we just found people that we trust. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of something I've always liked these, these different shows on like HGTV and everything. Yeah, they like make that. it look so like, easy. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, so uh, we just started with one and we felt like it was going really well and then we just uh, kept it going here you know so yeah it's been uh, it's been fun the market's been extremely hot here so uh, even if you made a few mistakes you kind of get away with it right so 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 yeah, yeah it, it, it's 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 been a good market to to uh, get into here I don't know if you've seen the old Tom Hanks movies from the late eighties, early nineties, the money pit, but has there been any houses that you guys bought to flip or is like just one problem after another? You're like, what did we do here? <laughs> I mean, we, 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 uh, we usually don't do just the cosmetic flips and everything. We usually do like a full gut. So, mm-hmm. so, so we usually just, just, uh, uh, count on that everything is going to be replaced anyway so 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 uh, there's no real surprises to everything right uh, the the biggest thing is just like if something that we count on to be replaced doesn't need to be replaced that that's a plus for us right and that yeah yeah awesome well that makes sense and it's probably the better way to go than just you know all right, yeah. let's hope the electric in this house is good. And then you got to rewire the whole house and yeah, <laughs> there's exactly. a nice expense. Um, yeah, so being mindful of time, I, I like to close out every episode with a list of 10. I call them rapid fire questions, but they're not that rapid because I always bring up good stories. But they're the okay. same 10 questions I've asked every goalie I've had on the podcast from high school goalies to Eddie Belfort. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's the, the same 10, which is fun. Uh, and the first one is, what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days where a coach just lost it? And you're like, what is going on here? Uh, so I don't know if you saw, but when Vancouver played Calgary and we had the Tortorella on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. And when he ran into uh, their room in the intermission, I mean, that was like 100% the craziest part <laughs> of coaching. <laughs> How was it playing for a guy like Torts? Um, you know, I, I think uh, some people have their preconceived notions, but as a player, what were your thoughts of him? I think it's more fans that have an issue with him. Yeah. And I think that's that's almost kind of the way that he wants it because, like, his 
his press conference and everything. He's kind of arrogant at times and everything like that, right? But but uh, I know that most most players in that room uh, is like always ready to go out and battle for him, right? So mm-hmm. so uh, I really liked playing for 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 sports, and he was probably my my uh, fa- favorite coach that I had uh, throughout my career. You know, it's interesting you say it's probably the fans and having coached, you know, at the high school level, I, I, I've always felt that he's trying to deflect the focus off of his players onto him so that you guys can just focus on the day-to-day stuff and not worry about criticism or anything like that. Yeah. Instead, it's, all right, what did he say last night? That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. You know, because we, we've all heard the stories of, you know, the kind of person he is and, you know, the compassion yeah. he has just for everyday life. And it's like that, yeah. that trickles down into the locker room and the way he treats his players. I've always felt that way. So, um, yeah. yeah. So my next question is what's your favorite all time goalie mask? Doesn't have to be one you wore, but just any goalie, what's your favorite mask that you've seen out there? Uh, I mean, you, <laughs> uh, you brought up Eddie Balfour. I mean, he had su- such a classic, iconic mask with, with the eagle on the side, yeah. right? Uh, but if I had to choose one, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist always had the best mask with 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 the Rangers, and 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 uh, uh, he really stood out compared to everyone else. I think. Yeah, you know, the, the one criticism I'll have with Henrik though is he never kept the same design for very long. It was like, all right, a new, you got to flip the calendar. Let, let's see what mask Henrik has now t- today. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, but God love him. You know, if I had that opportunity to get a new mask that often, I would have too, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you sure. know? Um, so what's your favorite rink that you've played at? Uh, I really loved playing in the United center. actually, uh, and, Mostly because I played there in in Chicago with the Wolves before, and I had mm-hmm. fa- family and I had friends there. And like whenever I came to to play the Blackhawks there, uh, I always had a lot of support in the stands from like pe- people that I know. Right, so uh, the United Center is probably my favorite, and, and- I always felt that I had like good games and everything there there too in the atmosphere pregame is uh unmatched that that's for sure it is it is it's awesome yeah and you know i i think any hockey fan who hasn't been there for the national anthem they just don't get it they they think it's overrated they don't understand why they're cheering but all you have to do is go there once and you're like this is cool yeah (laughs) um so what is your favorite goalie stick that you've ever used I don't know if I have a favorite goalie stick. I mean, I used war, Warrior uh, sticks uh, at the end, and I felt that they always treat, treated me nice and everything. I honestly didn't really have a pre- preference for, like, sticks. It was more just, like, what was given to me. Mm-hmm. I was kind of the same way. I, I just wanted to make sure it was going to last and it was the right size. 
when we were in college, we had two exactly. options and the one I probably would have gone with was too small. So I went with the bigger one and it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, exactly. uh, what's your favorite youth hockey memory? Uh, my favorite youth hockey is probably when I played for a team called leading air and we, we, we were just really good and we won, won, won a lot. And I became like really, really good friends with a lot of those, those, those guys. And, and like some of my bet, best friends up to this day, just like uh, played, played for that, that, that team uh, back, back then. You know, and I, I think a lot of the goalies I talk to when I ask that, the biggest thing is it's the people they played with, not necessarily what, what they did on the ice, but the people they 100%, played with. 100%. Um, so this is the one I always like to ask. What's the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, in the locker room, directed at you, not directed at you? Uh, Luongo had a really good one. So it was my first year uh, – and we were playing an exhibition game and uh, everyone is just like sitting in the locker room getting ready for like the game and Dar- Darcy Hordichai, which I know really well because he lives here in Arizona too, he was just like talking and talking and talking and like he could, couldn't stop, right? And everyone was kind of getting a little bit annoyed. It's like we're kind of trying to get ready for like a game here and everything and Luongo stood up and he said don't worry guys just give this one to Hordy because this is going to be his last game as a Vancouver Canucks and 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 everyone just got dead silence and then everyone just like erupted and <laughs> The funny part of it is that Darcy got traded the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, so, what is the worst post-game beer that you've had? You know what? I don't think I've ever had a bad post-game beer. <laughs> <laughs> As you say, now, now you're playing in the beer league. Do the guys yeah. expect you to bring the beer all the time, being the uh, <laughs> former NHL player, or is yeah, it still? A bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like we like beer. A cold beer always tastes good after you play hockey, and uh, yep. yeah, like. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a bad beer all of you know, the game. We have a thing now uh, with my beer league team now. If we win, which we always do, we have a pe- peanut butter wh- whiskey shot after to, to uh, se- celebrate. <laughs> Ooh, that I'm not much of a whiskey fan. The, the only one I've had that I actually like is Eddie Belfour's. But peanut mm-hmm. butter whiskey, I, I might have to try that. I might like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, screw, screwball, it's called. I'll have to look for it. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you play in the beer leagues, but you don't play goalie. Um, has your goalie mentioned that, you know, maybe he feels a little extra pressure having you on the ice, like you're uh, critiquing him or judging him? 
oh, Trevor loves me. He always like <laughs> know knows that I'm there to like support him, and I'm always positive and everything. So yeah, <laughs> that yeah, Trevor I, I, always plays good when I'm on the ice. Yeah, I, I know if I were on the ice and I had a uh, you know goalie like yourself skating for me, I, I'd be uh, second guessing myself at times. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> So when you taped your goalie stick, did you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Mm, uh, toe to heel. Was there a reason for that? And I asked that because most goalies I talk to say they went heel to toe. Uh, no, I just like <laughs> like liked it. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it, uh, it was just the habit. Um, it was just like the way I started, and then yeah. Yeah, I never changed. Makes sense. That that was me going heel to toe. But then again, when I started playing, we were still using full wooden sticks, and that heel of the stick would yeah. usually absorb the water. So there's a reason you tended to start at the heel way back yeah. then. Um, so what was your favorite number to wear, and more importantly, why? So in Sweden, I wore number – 28 <laughs> and and uh, uh, that was just like the number that I start, started with because I wanted to be a little bit uh, special I guess I, I didn't really <laughs> want like the goalie number uh, mm-hmm. so that's my favorite and then when I got sent, sent down for the first time from Vancouver to Manitoba number 31 was hanging in my stalls i didn't really have any any options Mm -hmm. well hey that that works right um so the the last question is what advice do you have for young goalies and don't overthink it i mean i see so many younger goalies there are like scared because they're like 13 14 and they didn't play last game or like they they didn't like the way they played last last game so they're not going to play now so they're sour like when you're that that age take it easy like just focus on what's in front of you focus on getting better every day in practice focus on listening to your coaches uh, don't think think too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Best advice I have. No, that, that's good advice because I, I think especially at the youth level, goalies get too caught up in you know today's play in a way that affects tomorrow's. Or yeah. you know, it's just like, hey, roll with the punches, focus on today, and yeah. don't worry about tomorrow until tomorrow. Um, just play and have some fun. That's yeah. All we're- that's what it's all about. You know, very few of us uh, wind up making it to the NHL. So you might as well enjoy every, every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Eddie, thank you for taking time out of your day. Uh, hopefully it made the drive go a little quicker for you. <laughs> Getting ah. to talk some hockey. Um, yeah. And uh, if, if I, if we wind up uh, making it out to Arizona for spring training, I might have to buy you a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh let me know, and I'll buy you a peanut butter whiskey shot back. <laughs> I like it. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll be in touch, bud.
I could have talked to Eddie a lot longer and asked him many more questions. If my family does make it out to Arizona to take in some spring training baseball, I may have to take Eddie up on that peanut butter whiskey shot. And don't worry, if I do, there will be video. Be sure to follow Eddie on social media at EddieLack31 on Instagram and EddieLack on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many to list here, but shows like the Euro Puck Podcast, the Hockey Minds Podcast, and the Between Whistles with Johnny Infamous Podcast can all be found. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to as always. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Yeah.